Hello, welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time we're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable because today we are going to be talking about Daisy Hates, the second book in the Magnolia Parks Universe series. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's podcast. Alrighty, I just finished Daisy Hates the book and I want to go ahead and do my full commentary on the book so that I can process this digest this and then hang this series up for a while until winter break it's probably the next time I'll pick up this series Or it might be when the next Daisy Hates book comes out is when I will pick it back up. But to give you context, if you haven't been following along with my commentaries on this book series, I first read Magnolia Parks last week, which is the first book in this series of books that exist under this one umbrella named the Magnolia Parks Universe. So basically, it's the Magnolia Parks Universe. And there are many characters that are all intertwined. Um, and Magnolia Parks gets her own books. And Daisy Hate so far has gotten her own books. Think of it as like spinoffs, but they're all within the same universe. So all of the characters are with the same timeline under the same storylines etc etc so let me go ahead and tell you about magnolia parks so that you can kind of get a feel for daisy hates so magnolia parks is basically um in the universe let me just tell you about the universe the universe basically follows a whole bunch of rich young adults it's like a group of i want to say like five individuals who have been tied together since their adolescent years because they all went to boarding school together and that's when they first became really close and solidified as a friend group they're all rich they all have their different stories they all have their different vices and the universe follows um a couple of these characters um, as they center their romances as well as their just life's drama. So the first book we have Magnolia Parks. She is the it girl. The whole entire universe is based off of her. Magnolia Parks is the it girl literally like a London socialite and she has been in this love affair this tainted love situationship with a guy named bj ballantyne since the beginning of time they met when they were eight from there they started dating when they were 15 they dated for five years they broke up because he cheated on her but the feelings never left the feelings will never leave it's always going to be magnolia and bj They both hurt each other, they both push each other away, but they can't be without each other, so they always eventually pull each other back in. 
that's their love story and that's basically what we follow in the first book is magnolia as bj and her kind of like sort out their relationship but along the way we're introduced to so many different characters and in the first book we were introduced to christian who is one of her best friends and one of bj's best friends he's a part of that core um friend group that all bonded while they were in um while they were in boarding school christian is a part of this group christian hymns so in that book, in the first book, we find out, we're introduced to Christian, and we find out that he has actually dated Como City Say, Daisy, not Daisy, but Como City Say, he actually dated Magnolia Parks. This happened right after her and BJ broke up. She was kind of like in an emotional wreck. And they just so happened to kind of enter into a short month fling type of vibe. Like it was probably like three months that they kind of dated after she broke up with his best friend, after his best friend broke up with his other best friend. Um, But they have a lot of history together because Magnolia was one of Christian's first friends they were actually a lot closer. They were best friends before she was even close to BJ. Um, so they have a lot of history together. And as a result of all of this history, he was actually in love with Magnolia since, air quote, the beginning of time. Since they were teenagers, he's been in love with her. Um, so they have a lot of history. They're not together anymore. But that's kind of what we're introduced two in the first book that's the glimpse of Christian that we get but we also find out that Christian is now in a new situation ship with this girl named Daisy Hates and Daisy Hates is a part of a family where her brother is basically like a gang lord of sorts you know like he runs a business is the business legal we don't know we also find out in the first book that christian is also a part of some type of business running is the business legal we're not sure okay he runs nightclubs with his brother and that's all we're introduced to and then daisy hates brother run like he steals art (laughs) i don't know what he does it's just not legal anyways so they have these empires and that's all we know about these two characters but in the first book that centers on magnolia parks we were basically introduced to these characters and the author set them up to have their own series so now fast forward to the daisy hates book we're now exploring the dynamic between christian and Daisy how did it come about how did it develop how did it end so on and so forth so that's what we are going to be talking about today but before we get into it that was just me giving you Como say like a spoiler free lay of the land the only other thing that I will add to this is that to give you a feel of what this book feels like if you've watched Gossip Girls it feels like Gossip Girls in the sense of like the romance and the drama and the high society and the just lavishness and the and the drama and the gasp and just the mess of it all it gives Gossip Girl if you have read the All Saints High series by LJ Sheehan it kind of gives a little bit 
of that type of vibe. Again, rich kids living their rich lives, which oftentimes is riddled with messy romance, drama in general, and whatever else that ensues. Also, a lot of substance abuse. That's what I'm learning about these rich kids. They just stay doing whatever and however. But anyways, so those are two vibes. Another thing that I will say specifically for this book is that this gives... Daisy Hates in specific gives drama romance, which is nothing new because Magnolia Parks gave a drama romance. Like this is a romance drama, more on the drama than on the romance, but romance is present and that's the main vehicle. But what really ignites this vehicle and pushes it on is drama. So that was Magnolia Parks and that is also Daisy Hates. But the unique part about Daisy Hates is that now we have an action element. So it is a romance drama action movie book if that makes any sense there's a lot more angst there's a lot more action like literal physical like she flipping punching people down on the ground like we doing heist we are doing kidnappings we are like it's giving action movie it's giving taken you know what I mean it's giving takers it's giving whatever else other action movie that is out there Jason Bourne Skyfall you know not really Skyfall because there's no spies but you get the feel so anyways that's the feel of this book I'll end off this non-spoiler section by talking about my personal rating of this book I rated Magnolia Parks a 3.75 probably in all actuality should have rated it a 3 and Daisy Hates will get a 3.75 because again drama great Uh, actually no I think that both of the books sit pretty in a 3.5 like a three and a half setting yeah they both are 3.5s but for different reasons Um, that is my rating of the book and let me just talk about my overall feelings for the book to close off this non-spoiler section is that I found it a lot more difficult to get through this book because for the beginning part of it, I was kind of bored because it really just focused a lot on Magnolia parts, which I get. It is her universe. She is supposed to be the it girl, but I just find it super hard to like her so I don't want to read about her I came to Daisy Hates to read about Daisy Hates and Christian but because Christian is entangled in an entanglement with Daisy with Como City Say Magnolia we have to drag Magnolia through this book for a good little section but other than that sometimes I just found that it was a little it was just kind of boring at points because the author is like 77 chapters long and it did not have to be that long Um, the chapters are really short but still it's 77 chapters long Um, so those are my first feelings about this book also um, I think that the reason why it was kind of more difficult to get through this book is that I've started school now so my my priorities are shifting but even in that I think that normally if a book is really good I'll get hooked and I'll press through but it was very hard to like consume this book just mindlessly chumping through it because there was nothing hooking and anchoring me there I think 
that is something that I can say about this book. Whereas with Magnolia Parts, it was also kind of like that at the beginning. But then after a while, the it was just like drama after drama after drama after drama that I was so engaged with the book because of the sheer mess of it. That it's like I was there kind of consuming it at a more consistent basis than I did with Daisy Hates. But with that being said, I did like a lot of things about this book um, and I felt that the author improved in many ways and what I will say overall is that I'm invested in the series because I'm invested in the stories of the characters even though I don't like some characters and even though I really don't like the way that the author writes the characters and even though I don't like the way that she writes the romance for some reason because I've been with these sets of characters for some time now I'm invested to see how it turns out and I'm also invested to see how the author grows because I can already see some growth from the just from the first book to the second book and so I'm hoping that the series will get better over time that's my hope because she, there's a good premise here and there's a lot of things that I like about the book um, but there's also a lot of things that I don't like which is why it's in that just general three star 3.5 star rating because it's like I don't hate it but I do not love it but I'm invested if that makes any sense so with that being said let's go ahead and transition into some more um, in-depth notes that I have taken while I was reading this book and we are just going to go ahead and start talking about this I will warn you that from now on I'm not going to censor myself so I will most likely undoubtedly um, spoil something so if you think you want to read a book like this read a book like this um, check the con content warnings check the trigger warnings um, but go from there as you will um, so general notes starting off um, when I first started reading the book something that I noticed is that the author really loves giving people nicknames and that's usually not a problem for me because I really love nicknames like I love giving people nicknames in real life I will go out of my way to create a nickname for somebody even if it's longer than their actual name it's just the idea of giving people pet names that I love but I felt like and this is not like a real qualm or critique to the book. Like this is not something that is like, oh my gosh, the author, why would she make this choice in writing? This is nothing. It's just me kind of giving her a hard time. I'm like, girl, why is everybody, why do everybody got a nickname? And it's like, sometimes she be making nicknames out of nicknames. And I'm like, it's a bit overkill. I like it when nicknames are given to like the main characters. I like it when the main characters give each other nicknames. Like, and also, disclaimer, I am going to heavily compare this book to Magnolia Parts regardless. I want to rate this book as a standalone, but in my head it's not a standalone. It's within the Magnolia Parks universe, and I had such strong feelings about Magnolia Parks that I'm going to be juxtaposing my feelings from the first book to the second book frequently. But with that being said, in Magnolia Parks, I like that Parks had a nickname. I like that Beach had a nickname. I noticed that everybody else got nicknames too. It was Pales instead of Paley. It was Pales. Who else had a nickname? I don't know if Christian had a nickname. I don't think he had a nickname. But I know Parks had a nickname. Her name was Parks. Beach 
BJ, his nickname was Beej when his already, he already has a nickname, it's BJ, because his name is not BJ, it's Baxter James. So we got BJ, and then we got Beej, we got Pails, I think somebody else got nicknames in that book but I didn't think it was like too big of a deal because most of the main characters were the one that were getting nicknames but then we get to Daisy Hates and basically we're getting introduced to um the hierarchy and in Daisy's family so her brother is the head of the operation her parents are dead by the way we'll go into that a little bit later her parents are dead so now her her brother has taken on the mantle and he has many footmen working for him he has you know security details that are closer to him further away there's a huge operation but then he has like the footmen and I think it's like the seven footmen or something like that and um let me check yeah, and they're called like the Lost Boys. She calls them the Lost Boys. So he has his little footmen and we're being introduced to each and every one of their names, which I personally did not think it was necessary because it was only about two of all seven of them were actually important to the story. So when we were just getting introduced again, this is something that, what's her name? So I don't mess up this author's name um, because I've grown to have a love-hate relationship with her. But yeah, this is something that Jessa does very frequently. She will bombard you with a whole bunch of characters at the beginning of the book. And then as the book progresses, you will quickly see which characters are actually important and which characters are just there in the in the mix of things. And at the end of the day, it's only a, a select amount of characters that were actually important to the story when in the beginning of the story, we were introduced to millions I'm being dramatic of characters but anyways back to my sentiment I'm gonna try not to drag this out long but I this is what I do anyways we're getting introduced to the lost boys or the footmen that work for Daisy's brother Julian and she's giving everybody nicknames everybody got a nickname so BJ is Beej TK is Teeks Declan is Dex like why are we shortening everybody's names and I think that that possibly could be like a cultural thing so to speak like a London gal way of speaking because they are based in London they're based in the UK so maybe that's like what UK girls do that it's just like they always shorten people's names just like as a way to like like that's a mannerism of the them and if that is so then I think that it should stay there this is something that I noticed again it's really not a big deal um, the next thing for my overall notes section that I wrote down was the footnotes in Daisy's point of view were cute. So it was a unique way of writing this book. Um, so the way that Jessa wrote this book is that it was written in three POVs, which I actually have a thought about later. It was written from Daisy's point of view, Christian's point of views, and then Daisy's brother Julian's point of view. One of those points of views, which was Daisy's, had a unique writing element to it, where as we were writing, she still, Jessa is still writing in her traditional um, writing style, where it's very much breaking the fourth wall, it's very much like the characters are writing directly to you, you are like a fly on the wall in the society, they are filling you in, like they are talking directly to you, it's very much breaking up the fourth wall, that's how Jessa writes, and I don't mind it, I think it's refreshing, I like it. What's really unique about that, on top of that already 
Daisy being unique is that Jessa decided to add footnotes to Daisy's point of view. So Daisy will be, you know, having her little point of view and it'll be writing. And then at the end of, you know, every other sentence or whatever, at the end of a sentence, it'll have a footnote there and it'll take you to the bottom of the page or to the bottom of the chapter. And it'll have like extra monologue like it's like extra inner dialogue so if you want even more nuggets even more information even more like insider tips you know insider secrets close sources say it's like quirky in the sense that it's like giving you extra what I will say is that I liked it at the beginning because I did feel like I was getting like extra insight to whatever was being said and it would be super cute stuff it would be super simple stuff but it's just like extra point of view extra perspective and a lot of the times it's very informal as if she's like leaning over to you like she's talking to a main group of people and then you get to the footnote and it's almost as if like if you were in person daisy would be leaning over to you be like girl and you know what i mean like that's just something i'm telling you if you want to know if you want to click on the footnote and go down to the edge of the chapter and see what i gotta say that's just for you girl the rest of this in the chapter that's for everybody you know what i mean but if you want to know a little secret i'm gonna lean into you i'm gonna, I'm gonna close my mouth and i'm gonna lean into you i'm gonna tell you this with this little footnote that's the vibe that it gives which i like the only thing that i didn't like about it is that it felt like too much work when i was reading physically because i I read physically and I also listen so when I was actually reading the book I would like click on the footnote and it wouldn't take that much to go down to the footnote especially because I'm reading electronically so it's a lot easier I cannot imagine como se dice reading a physical book because then I have to keep flipping the pages and I have to hold that sex of pages so that I can keep track of like the edge of the chapter so I can flip back and forth but since I was reading digitally I could just click on the footnote and it would take me there but then after that I would have to go back and push back to page da, 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 and it kind of just takes you out of the moment you know what I mean because especially if I'm reading with my iPad or something this is big so I probably got it propped up in a way that the all I have to do is just like flick my finger to scroll the page but if I gotta click on footnotes I gotta move my fingers and probably mess up my reading position so I'm not really a fan of that because it kind of takes you out of the moment for a second and you really want to know what extra stuff is she saying so you kind of take the extra mile but it's just something small that I feel like because they were so small you could have just put that in parentheses I would have been okay with that but then I understand because it will be too I understand why she did it and I like it um at some point I just gave up but then I'm like I don't care <laughs> because it really did become taxing for me as a reader again it's not that big of a deal and it was not that taxing but it was you know what I mean and then when I was listening to the book um I would have to really pay attention to when the book would like audibly say the footnote number so that I can go to the chapter in my in my actual book and then after that click on the footnote and then go back and by that time the audio book is continuing to go and I'm still trying to keep track of the little como se dice footnotes so I couldn't passively read while reading the footnotes in that manner so that's one of the main reasons why I kind of abandoned it because I primarily listen to this book but yeah 
Next thing, I already talked about the Gossip Girl content. I already talked about how it was a romance drama with an action element. Really like that. That was the most like engaging part. That also really added to the characters, which I'll talk about soon. You wait, you wait, you just sit there and be patient. Um, what I will say is that sometimes the chapters were not necessary. As I spoke about before in the spoiler-free section, this book is 77 chapters long. Granted, the chapters are really short, but still is 77 chapters long and for what a lot of these scenes were not necessary a lot of the point of views were not necessary we got julian's point of view which i liked but they were not fully necessary the only reason why i liked having julian's point of view is because it really gave insight to him and his motives um but it really didn't and it kind of gave a little bit of insight into daisy like i'm not gonna lie like it was valuable to understand from his point of view like i i will say that it was valuable but sometimes some of his chapters that were his point of views could have been taken away. I'm not saying that we should have taken Julia's point of view away altogether, but some of these chapters we did not need to see through his eyes because it did not advance the story forward for Daisy and Christian. And this is something that I have to say about the writer. I think that I give the writer in the series such a hard time because I'm holding it to a standard that I am used to, to what I am familiar with. I am what I actually like. I'm used to, I'm familiar, and I like reading books about two characters that fall in love and they are mainly focused on each other. I like books with secondary characters, but it's not my favorite thing to spend a lot of time on other people if I'm reading a romance book. But I I have a feeling that this is not what this book is supposed to be. I don't think that it's supposed to be solely a romance. Like I think that the author's intention for writing these books is to build a universe. And I can respect that, but because she's building a universe, I'm guessing that that's requiring her to not really focus solely on the romance of these two characters and really honing in on their stories and telling that it's a lot of like multitasking of like we need to also build these other characters we also need to como city say build this universe we also need to like push like the way that she writes this book it feels like a tv show and I would love to see this book in a TV show form, especially with this little new action element. I would have loved to see this work. The way that she writes this book, it feels like a TV show with all of the characters, with all of the drama, with the way that she literally writes the romance. Like it is not whatsoever centered on that romance. It technically is, but I feel like that's a facade. Most of this is centered on storytelling about the universe so and not the universe like the universe but the magnolia parks universe is what i'm trying to get at like she's more focused on building this universe and telling the story of that than really the story of the two characters that's what i feel you know what i mean because sometimes i feel like the romance takes a back burner because oftentimes the the main characters are fighting against whatever else is happening in their life and we can barely get a break to get them to have romance and so i will say that that's not a bad thing 
it's just not something that I was expecting coming into it because I'm expecting a romance I'm expecting for it to be these two main characters I'm expecting for them to be in love with each other I'm expecting for us to spend a lot of time building that romance relishing in these two characters and yeah they might be extra characters in the background but they're not main focal points in this is not that you know what I mean and so I think that's why I give it a hard time but I really have to like cut it slack and give it grace for what it is because I don't think it is what I thought that it was going to be and I don't think that that's necessarily bad again I would love to see this in on screen because the way that she writes she would be a great screenwriter because the amount of drama that she puts in this I love to read drama I love I love to watch drama on screen I don't think I love to read drama as much as I would like to watch it and so yeah um chapters um book was probably a little bit longer i already talked about julian's point of view yes i thought that it was valuable at certain points but i don't think it was as important as it as as you know you know what i mean anyways okay let's talk about some of the things that i noticed that the author did improve upon with the characters um and with the storytelling in general so as far as the characters one of my main critiques on the last book, Magnolia Parts and BJ, is that I felt like the characters were so flat. I felt like it was impossible to like Magnolia. There were points where I actually really did like Magnolia and I did like relate to her, especially that one part where she like would not let BJ get into her bed unless he showered at the end of every night. And I'm like, girl, I understand you. Respect, respect. There's elements of Magnolia that I like. In essence, she could be a great character. In essence, she is the prototype for an iconic character. This girl is POC. She is biracial. That means she's giving black paying black girls in the area code she's a fashionista she's rich she come most of say does not take bleep for most people like she can really get petty and that can really push some type of plot long plot line along um she has something but for some reason it did not translate and it's because i don't think that the author wrote her well and that's just what I will say. I can't tell you anything that I love about Magnolia, but that Magnolia is supposed to be this girl that everybody's just enamored with. And I'm like, why? Tell me why. For the love, tell me why. Same thing with BJ. So one of my biggest critiques is that I could not stand the characters I really could not I could not understand them could not stand them did not like them they fell incredibly flat I feel like the Jessa did improve in writing the characters in this book because she kind of did build them a little bit more she built them a little bit more like I can actually tell you on my hands things about Daisy and things about Christian more so Daisy than Christian but things about Daisy you know what I mean and it really adds to the reason why you like her because you actually have more to go off of you have more to go off of and you can actually point to reasons why you like her or why you understand her or why you vibe with her whatever whatever however however so I think that the way that she wrote characters she built them a lot more another thing that I realized is that a lot of the characters were a lot more self-aware in this book which I appreciated so in from the beginning of the book Julian which is Daisy's brother mentions that he has a psychologist and I was surprised because in the last book everybody needed therapy 
and not one, not nary therapist was in the vicinity of BJ when he was going on Fenders or Magnolia as she was dealing with whatever she was dealing with and the rest of them dealing with whatever they're dealing with. And so I can appreciate the fact that they implemented the kind of like psychology it wasn't even a plot line it was just a mention of it and he kind of could explain why he was doing what he was doing it was showing that he was self-aware the same thing with daisy while she was still making irrational decisions there were multiple monologues where she would kind of because daisy is a doctor so she like studies medicine she probably took a psych class you know she had a little bit of formal knowledge where she could actually speak to how messed up how messy everything is like they were self-aware they were self-aware of their actions and how flawed they were and i can appreciate that the same thing with christian i'll talk about this a little bit later but he became self-aware of commodities say magnolia and he started to voice thoughts that i have been thinking all along and i'm like okay i'm wondering is the author aware that she is making magnolia unlikable and there's a redemption art coming but it needs to be a strong redemption she need the blood of jesus and grip her out of the grips because magnolia i don't like her and i don't like bj and i know this is supposed to be me talking about daisy hate so i'm gonna move on from them but i just have to tell you i just you know what i mean these are all the reasons why i couldn't stand the book but in this book we're improving so like as i said they're self-aware of the toxicity they go to character therapy they mention it i like it as far as the storytelling i think that the storytelling does have a long way to go the author did improve on the romance that's what i will say she improved on the romance and building that a lot more i can point to multiple instances in this book where there were actual romantic moments one of the first moments that i can point to is when christian and como city say um and daisy are kind of standing night together and he rolls over and he asks her like tell me one of your your secrets or one of your dreams or whatever like that just out of nowhere getting a little bit more emotionally intimate besides just being physically intimate and i can i can appreciate that then a little bit later on, Como City say she tells him that like she really this is like Daisy's thing. She really wants to be normal and she could never really live a normal life because her brother and her family are gang lords. So like you can't really be normal there. There's always risk of somebody trying to kill her, somebody trying to target her, there's always risk of something trying to go down, there's always risk of people tracking her. Like she can't live a normal life and just do mundane things. And she's she told Christian that that was her dream and she also could never drive and he told her he was like I promise you I'll teach you how to drive and he kept his word these are reasons why I love Christian hold on one second Alrighty, I am back and it is a lot later in the day since I made the last clip but um we were talking about the romance and how it significantly increased um and improved since the last book um, that I've written by this author in this series. In this book, I was saying before that I could point to multiple different romantic instances where the two characters got to connect and we got to witness them connect. So like I was saying, Daisy told Christian that she 
always wanted to learn how to drive but she was never really able to drive because all her life she's had drivers or she's had her her bodyguard who has kind of been the one that has driven her around because she's super protected and she's always kind of like coddled and whatnot and Christian tells her that he's going to teach her to drive and then for her birthday I believe um a couple of weeks after a couple of months after she told him that he actually um held to his word and he taught her how to drive and so that that was like a whole thing and also in that moment that's when we kind of learned a little bit about Christian and just small things about his personality like the type of music that he likes he likes to listen to chill retro vibey music like Leon Bridges Christian this is Christian we're talking about this is Christian anyway he likes to listen to Leon Bridges again it's like these small elements of a person that help build them as a person which can it humanizes them and it makes you be like okay I can relate to this character on this on this level where I can you know disagree with this level on this with this character on this level you know what I mean so it's like just small things like that that makes a good character like types of music that they're into and then a little bit later on in the book they go on a date now this is at the point of the book where we're past the whole magnolia drama and him believing that he's in love with magnolia and he's only just with daisy for physical reasons and he only kind of likes her but he's not in love with her this is way past that point where he basically comes to terms with the fact that he does in fact really like daisy and he would prefer to be in her presence and so he pursues her and so he plans this whole date for her and he basically plans a whole day where they just do normal people stuff so they go and get gas they go to ikea they build the furniture they go to the laundry mat because again daisy is obsessed with laundry it's like a it's like a pastime for her because it reminds her of like what normal people do is escapism for her also by the way i just took a melatonin so if i'm like zoning out girl i'm zoning out um so yeah so um those are like the key romantic elements to that book again they're few and far between but they're a lot more and a lot more closer than (laughs) what we got in the last book the last book there was like no romantic moments I'm, I'm exaggerating I'm pretty sure there was but there was literally none that I really got to witness and be a part of I feel like what I really like about Daisy and Christian's story is that we really get to witness it from its inception so we have been along the ride for everything from the moment that they well not really the moment that they met but the moment that they started doing their whatever situationship that they were doing and then we got to see that progress into something more we got to see each of the characters lifetime come into realization of the fact that they kind of saw each other as more we got to see them in that little honeymoon phase and space where they actually were just cooling it and bullying it together they were pursuing each other and then we got to see the drama and the turmoil after and I love that because I feel like I'm more attached to them and I root for them more because I've gotten to see them over these stages and a disadvantage again I'm going to be heavily comparing these two books against each other I don't want to pit them against each other but I'm pitting them against each other and that's just what it is but again a disadvantage that Magnolia Parks book has is that 
we don't really get to see her and BJ from their beginning, their middle, and their end. We come in when everything has gone to bleep. And now all we witness is y'all just treating each other like crap. So it's very hard to want to root for y'all to be together when the only when the only thing that we have witnessed with them being together is toxicity. If I would have saw when things were a lot more healthy and it was romantic and they loved each other, I probably would have rooted for them more. And we barely even got flashbacks to that point. The only flashbacks that we got were still of mess. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you did not do these two characters justice. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, you did not. Ugh. She did not do these characters justice. So, yeah. She did improve in that in that sector of like romance that the book got a lot more romance um which I like is still out ratioed to the drama and the action that's in it but it's a lot more apparent in this book. Some of the things that I will say which I kind of take this back. I wrote down that she still lacks overall in romance, but I think that that's unfair because I don't think her goal was to make a romance novel I think her goal was to make a romance drama action novel that's what I think she's doing because that's all that she's giving so I'm gonna hold her to that and not hold her to her just solely making a romance novel if this was supposed to be like the quintessential romance formula I would be hard on it because I'm looking for romance but I don't think that was her goal per se again I think the author's goal is to world build and to tell the story of the universe of the Magnolia Parks universe rather than the individual characters within it like they're just merely there to show a bigger picture about like the grand scheme of things because if it was about these individual characters they would not be so closely intertwined but it's it's like this is you will never escape magnolia because this is the magnolia parks universe so everybody's going to be heavily intertwined so you're not going to get individuality i don't know that's just my pet peeve about it is that i really like the individual characters and i just want it to solely be about them but it's not it's about all these other people plus the little romance on the side it aggravates me but that's just me um let's see what I wrote I said I don't like the additional love interest because it's not an exciting um it's not exciting to see who she will choose because we already know so it's boring this is what I was trying to say earlier when I was saying that it was so hard to get to through this book because I was bored in a lot of points because a lot of the a lot of the filler in the plot is extra love interest and this is a just a Hastings like thing at this point where she will fill her books with so many other love interests and I and I get it because she has a plan to make this a series so you can't really just have the characters to get together you could do that if it was one book but you need something to draw their love story out and keep them apart and keep it going so then we get things like extra love interests interest in extra side characters that somehow affect the main characters love and romance you know what I mean and I personally get annoyed by these extra love interests because for multiple reasons in this book 
the two extra love is always a love square, love triangle, love octagon, love geometry is always that with the Jessa Hastings book from the two books that I've read by her. And so in this book with Daisy Hates, we get the main love entrance, which is Christian Hames. Hems, and then we have her ex-boyfriend, who is basically like her BJ equivalent, her childhood best friend turned lover. We have Romeo. And then we have this other guy named Tiller, who is like a cop. And he has been like tracking down her brother for some while now like he's like a fed that's like waiting for her brother to slip up to put him behind bars um and so he's like a fed but he's known her since she was like at least since she was 16 like it's been a or since she was 16 yeah she's known him at least since she was 16 so they have a long history where he knows of her she knows of him and then there's a whole bunch of other side love interests amongst julian's footman because we got she has been with tk she has been with declan those are the two that we know those are more side you know one-offs but the main three love interests in this book is christian romeo and como sedice um tiller and so a lot of the book is just is just exploring that we at we start off the book where Daisy and Christian have a friends with benefits situation. Christian thinks that he's still in love with Magnolia, so he's just you know blowing off steam with Daisy. In the meantime, he doesn't think he could ever love anybody other than Magnolia. So his heart is reserved for Magnolia, but his body reserved for date for Daisy apparently. Then we have Daisy, who in the beginning, she starts off, she's just, you know, floating. She's kind of coming off of the thing that happened with Romeo. Apparently, there is so much tension and history between her and Romeo. Um, At this point in the beginning of the book, Romeo is off in New York somewhere doing whatever, Lord knows what. And so she's not really thinking about him. But then all of a sudden, he comes back to town. And as soon as he gets back in town, whatever they had kind of is ignited again. Not ignited of like love at first sight again, but it's like whatever dynamic that they had, whatever pool that they had towards each other, they kind of just start existing back in that space, trying to find their way. There's still feelings there. There's not much love lost. There's still a lot of angst. There's still a lot of like, you know... Um, disappointment hurt there but it's also a lot of love so that's their relationship complicated as all outdoors and then we move on through the story and then at the very very end towards the action part we get her with Tiller all of a sudden and it's just a lot because you know that at the end of the day she's going to choose Christian but we wasted time on her playing around with Romeo we wasted time on her playing in Tiller face yeah it gives drama but at some point you get bored at some point you just want romance at some point you just want them to be together at some point you just want them to be happy at some point it's just a lot more easier for you to just choose christian but the main characters make stupid decisions where they just don't choose the person that you know they're supposed to be with so yeah that is a qualm that i have 
the love interest find something else to give us drama like give me a me and you against the world type of thing where something happens where the two characters have to draw closer together because there's an outside force instead of them always being against each other can we get that instead i would love to see romance that's what i'm here for Another thing that I don't like about extra romance or like additional love interests is if the other love interest stories are more epic and like substantial than the main one that I'm rooting for, it's a problem. Because I'm supposed to be rooting for the main love interest, but then you introduce an additional love interest to the pot and they got more history, their love is more stronger, there's more reason why they probably should be together. Why Why would you do that? It has to be weaker for it to work. I don't want to be rooting for the side characters. I don't. Because if I'm rooting for the side character, I'm going to want them to get together and it's giving... Peter Kavinsky versus John Amos McLaren. We knew that Laura Jean was going to pick Peter, but John Ambrose, don't even get me started on that man. Love him. She should have been with John Ambrose. Why would you create a character like that? Why would you do this? Well, you know, it's, it is always that too. But anyways, besides the point, um, let me keep on going. So this is something else that I write. Um, the way that she writes romance in general aggravates me. For the most part, it is that's true. Um, the way that she writes men sometimes is aggravating, where they're so one-sided, they're so narrow-minded. It's almost like I can do what I want to do, but the second that the girl that I like does what they want to do, it's a problem. I can run the streets. I can I can run the streets. I can be I can be that guy. But the second that she shows interest in anybody else, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? But you don't want to love her and you don't want to admit that you love her and you in love with somebody else. How does that work? It doesn't work. I don't find it cute. That's just me. It works sometimes, but most of the time it doesn't work. Because what happens is with Jessa Hastings' men is they will get so bold to actually call the women in the book, like, names. Like, that's how bad they get. You know what I mean? It's one thing to, like, you know, have your little thoughts and your little beliefs. But to go out to, like, start calling people out and then out of their names along with calling them out. As if you're not doing the same thing, that's appalling to me. It's appalling to me. They do that a lot. Um, my next note is she always complicates feelings by allowing two main interests to have other love interests. Other than um, oftentimes the bonds are strong with the previous or alternate partners than it is between the two main characters. Okay, so I just said what I was just saying. Yeah as a way to complicate things as a way to throw in drama as a way to prolong the plot and like make a book you just add in other love interests and again a lot of times the other connections are a lot stronger like the chemistry between romeo and como city say daisy is unmatched like and it's because they have a lot of history together Romeo has saved and you know what what I will give Jessa is that she actually explains this to Christian which I like like they actually kind of talk about this and it's not this cosmic um connection it's like 
it's well explained and they kind of go through that but I'll get to that soon but Romeo has saved Daisy's life numerous of times and so she has become they have become each other's like trauma bonding partners and so it's almost instinctive for them to run to each other because it's comfortable and back to giving Jessa Hastings gold stars she made the character self-aware of that and the characters voice that to other characters in the book and to themselves which I do appreciate that we were able to have that self-awareness moment where you're able to kind of break down why the characters are doing um unhealthy why they are behaving the way that they are and kind of having these unhealthy behavior make mechanisms and I like that they were self-aware enough to point that out so I will give the author that you know what I mean but that was a thing but yeah Romeo and um Daisy have a lot of history together um and it was just like a whole thing where like growing up they knew each other for a super long time um their families have always been close especially after her parents died like his parents were kind of like the only parental figures that they kind of had near them so they were always close they you know grew up together went on vacations together his family and her family are pretty much alike you know they all live the same lifestyle um they start dating and then because he lives the same lifestyle as her he always it puts a target on her back because she's with him so basically she's his weakness which puts a target on her back and so numerous of times she is trying she is people have tried to kill her and because they were together and so he saved her life a lot of times he actually saved her life I don't know if it was on the night of her parents dying because that was like a whole thing like her parents died in front of her and I think they were probably trying to comfort her too he probably protected her then there's just lots of times traumatic moments in her life where Romeo was there to protect her and like you know save her and so moving on he like tells her like hey do you want to run away and she's like no I can't leave and so then he gets upset he goes he goes on his benders as Jessa Hastings men do they go on benders after they don't get their way with their love interest and then that's kind of like when they separate and you know he goes to America she stays in London then he comes back and they relive that cool um I'm just giving you backstory I don't even know why let's go ahead and move into the characters because I talked about what I liked and what has improved and then I talked about what I think still needs to improve and now let's go ahead and talk about characters so we have Daisy I really like Daisy Daisy is either 19 or 20 she is extremely smart um she is currently in med school training to become a doctor um and one thing that I really like about Daisy's character in general is that we get to see a lot of her traits on display a lot we get to see a lot of her hobbies in the book a lot so like her being a doctor um is is very prevalent in the book especially at the beginning it kind of dwindles down towards the time when her and christian get together like during that second act moment in the book but definitely the first half of the book we actually got to see her in motion 
because Julian's men would be getting beat up or shot or like wounded frequently and they would just come into the mansion and Julian would be calling her out to help and she would be tending to them and kind of patching up their wounds and using all the medical terminology and things like that so we get to see her in action a lot which I really appreciate because again it makes her interesting as a character but Daisy is 19 or 20 she's extremely smart she has like photographic memory um, ever since childhood really the only thing that she was really able to do was study and like study and read she's in med school uh she's been trained professionally to like do some type of fighting style so she's like physically apt she can train really hard um she is kind of like the matriarch of the family so her parents died when she was nine years old it was like a whole thing they were targeting the whole family her parents died in front of her and from the age of nine her brother raised her and so she has kind of been the only gal in the family in in the vicinity um but because of that she kind of has become the matriarch of the family so she cooks a lot for the um for the group of all of Julian's guys and stuff like that. She cooks for them. And then she kind of makes rules. She's like the princess royalty kind of of everybody in the compound. And so um, one of her rules at the table is like there's no guns allowed at the table whatever. So she like creates rules for the boys to kind of keep them aligned. She's very much often her brother's moral compass. Um, there's this whole thing in the book where she kind of like makes her brother promise that like yes she understands that they do shady business as a family business but there are certain lines that they don't cross so they don't work with people who traffic they don't like you know mess with children they don't like there's certain lines and people that they don't work with and she makes julian promise that like we don't cross that line in order to rectify all the things that they do i i, I hope you know that i'm like anyways whatever so um so yeah she's the matriarch of the family people really like you know respect her they fear her and um yeah that's her um she loves doing laundry she has a photographic memory like i said she can cook as a hobby she would cook a lot when she was younger and yeah i like i liked daisy for the most part all throughout the book, I thought that she was a cool and interesting character. I thought that she was strong and she was very much like an individual. Like when I look at Daisy, I don't, I can see Daisy as an individual. I see Daisy also as like a, a couple to many different people, a couple to Romeo, a couple to her brother, a couple to Christian, but also she's a very strong character by herself. And I like that. The one thing that I did not like about Daisy was towards the end. And I know that this was strategically done as a part to move the plot along and to create again something. To create something to make the book substance. But I personally didn't like the um, some of the choices that she made towards the end of the book. So at this point of the book when she kind of switches... I told you that they had the friends with benefit. Then finally, Christian came to terms with the fact that he actually really liked Daisy. She came to terms a while ago that she had loved Christian, but that she would he would never love her back because he's in love with Magnolia. She was well aware of that, but she was like, you know, I love him. I'm going to stay. Then they start dating. It's like a really good, it's only like a week, I think. 
but it's a really good week. They start to date. They spend a lot of time together, and it's, like, really good. Then all of a sudden, they go to... I forgot where... I don't. I forgot what was the occasion, but they're at somebody's nightclub. I think it was Jonah's nightclub. And Magnolia comes in, and... I think it was Julian's birthday party. Julian's birthday happens and Magnolia is there. And if you've read the other book, then you know it from Magnolia's point of view. But basically what happens is that Magnolia sees Julian. Julian greets her. BJ doesn't know that they know each other because BJ and Julian are friends. And BJ is not aware of the fact of the fact that Magnolia has already met Julian. Little do you know, back in the days, again, after her and BJ initially broke up, Magnolia was just night out on the town. You know what I mean? She was she was doing what she needed to do to get over BJ. So she was with Christian for some time. And then a little bit after that, she kind of like had a short, short glimpse, like literally like a flicker of a fling with Julian where like... They were flirting with each other, whatever. They went home that night, but then nothing happened because she ended up crying because she still wasn't over BJ. And that was literally all that it was. But um, but they have that together, and BJ did not know of that. So then Julia makes a comment where it's like, um, you know, when will I be next or something like that? And she was like, you know, once I'm done with this love triangle, who knows, we might make it a love square, and you'll be next or something. And when, and when Magnolia says that, Christian like scoffs and rolls his eyes because at this point we as the readers are aware of the fact that Christian is really starting to move away from Magnolia and now his love that he thought that he had for her is really turning into like legitimate legitimate como se dice just um what's the word that I'm looking for apathy for sure but then also just like it's not disinterest that I'm looking for, but you know the word that I'm trying to say. Un... I am un... Why can't I find that word? Anyways, at this point, we as the readers are aware that Christian is starting to move away. Indifference is what I'm looking for. He's becoming really indifferent to como se dice magnolia. And he even kind of goes through that through his inner monologue through his pov where he really comes to terms with the fact and he becomes self-aware he or just aware in general of magnolia's ways and he realizes that she is not as much as a victim as everybody is painting her out to be yes she is a victim because bj has took her through the mud but she also is at fault for the way that she toys with people's hearts as if it's nothing knowing that she at the end of the day is always going to be in love with bj which means that she can never love and respect and value any other man that she deals with properly and so when she says that comment about like oh maybe you'll be next julian he rolls his eyes and he scoffs at this point Daisy is aware of the fact that he is in love with Magnolia, but she's not aware of the fact that he's kind of getting over her and he's actually starting to fall in love with Daisy. So when she hears that scoff, she's thinking that like, oh my gosh, he's so affected by her. It's That was like her last straw, but it felt like out of thin air it happened 
where all of a sudden she's upset. She walks away. She clings to Romeo. And then from there, that's when she starts to like basically pursue Romeo as a way to kind of like get back at Christian. And she's mad at Christian and she can't hear him out. She doesn't want to hear him out. She's like, and that's when they have that whole blowout. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you with Romeo? Like, you know, we're together. She's like, um, we're together, but at least he's not in love with his best friend's girl and then that's when everything hits the fan and everybody finds finds out that christian is in love with magnolia or whatever however whatever and then from there she's completely upset with christian christian which i'm so proud of him um and i'm proud of jessa hastings for not doing that stupid thing that she did a thousand times in magnolia's book which is when one of the main characters gets upset Instead of the other one being like, let me be the bigger person right now and push in and try to communicate, try to have a conversation, try to help them understand that this is not where I'm coming from. Let's not have this miscommunication. Instead of them doing that, she would have BJ or Magnolia repeatedly just go the other way. One person closes down, so everybody shuts down. Magnolia shuts down, BJ goes and snorts a line of coke instead of just trying to talk to her this is what she would do in the other book but i'm very proud that she didn't do that with christian where christian where magnolia gets mad at christian and then christian just goes off and just starts sleeping with thousands of women because magnolia shut down instead he pursued her he was like i really want to talk to you come we need to have a conversation she on the other hand was not having it and i'm like girl you're getting on my nerves please stop this is when she's supposed to be so hurt and she's so in love with Christian but it just hurts her so bad and what else does she say and so in order to numb the pain of her heartbreak she has to be with Rome and sleep with Rome because that's the only way that I can numb her heartbreak and then when Rome finally figures out that oh you don't really love me you're not really trying to resolve all of the past history that we have and you're not really trying to pick up where we left off you're just using me just to literally use me i'm not gonna tolerate this i'm done don't ever talk to me then after romeo cuts her off she's like okay let me go to declan declan is one of julian's footmen she's drunk at this point because she also starts using alcohol as a crutch and a vice and she basically goes on a little alcohol bender it's not as bad as they depict BJ's little um, crack bender, but same difference. Um, so she's on a bender. She sleeps with Declan. Julian finds out, beats Declan to a pulp, literally. This is when we kind of enter into that last, um, that last um, act territory where like we're starting to get Julian's storyline. We'll get there soon. But this is when kind of like... Um, Daisy starts to catch on to the fact that Julian is starting to lose more control than what he has let on and he his morals are basically compromised at this point but anyways he beats Declan then from there she's still numb trying to numb the pain from Christian mind you Christian's still trying to talk to her she just doing whatever however whatever you know what I mean and so yeah that's that i personally don't like that that is the choice that we decided to do with como city say daisy now what i will say is that her pushing christian away opened up 
the window for the Julian plot line to come in where basically it's like one of his little side plots is that it's this one guy that he was doing business with basically cheated him out out of 70 million pounds and so he was supposed to pay the money back and he never paid the money back and so that Julian was like well we can't let this slide if he doesn't pay the money back that's going to set a sign that everybody else can play us we can't have that somebody said that oh he has kids and then that Julian was like no no I promised Daisy that I would never you know cross that line and hurt anybody's kids or do anything and then they were like well we don't have to hurt the kids we just have to kidnap the kids to you know scare the man and kind of shake him up a little bit so Julian ends up going through with the plan and and deciding that he's going to snatch up this man kids from school and um and kidnap them and hold them for ransom until the man pays his 70 million back he doesn't end up hurting the kids. He doesn't have any, any intention of hurting or harming the kids, but he still kidnapped the kids regardless. That's the only valuable thing that I can see that has come from Julian's point of view is that I can say that that wasn't his intention. Like We can understand his thought process of what he's doing and exactly how far his morals are compromised. That's it. That's it. That's all. Um, but yeah, he still the kid. And so at this point, Christian and Daisy are still not together. I think Christmas has happened by now. And um, Christian still tried to talk to her. She kind of like, they had one conversation and he told her like, I love you. Blah, 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 blah. But then she made him leave. And I think that's when they had the conversation and she realized that he did love her. But at this point, she had already, you know, thrown herself into a bender with Rome and the in a bender with Declan. And then for some reason, even though he confessed her love to him, she still didn't, you know, take that. And so she kind of like forcibly removed him, escorted him off the premise and whatnot. I'm, I'm kind of losing my train of thought this <laughs> week. But anyways, um, they're still apart, her and, um, what's it call it? And at this point, Julian has stole the kids, and Tiller comes to her door telling her that, um, you know, your brother, this is what your brother has done. She's still heartbroken by, um, Christian, by the way, so she don't got no type of como city saying, like, she not really thinking right. She emotionally unregulated. And when she gets the news that, like, her brother really did this, Tiller's like, I need your help. Tiller, by the way, is the cop who is the third love interest. Tiller's like, I need your help. Da-da-da-da-da. He didn't cross the line. Blah, blah, blah. And then that's when they go to steal the kids back. And she doesn't really have a plan of how she's going to get the kids back. Julian isn't there. It's just all of his other worker men are there. And she, end up, she ends up, like, um getting in there and as a way to kind of create a a distraction for the kids and Tiller to get out she ends up shooting herself in the stomach and that's when you know Rome because Rome her and Rome have a really good conversation towards the end they were kind of getting into their their JJ McAvoy type of like emotional high intensity scenes like that was kind of giving reminiscent of JJ McAvoy to a degree in the way that she writes intensive scenes not quite 
not quite, but it was kind of giving. So the conversation that Daisy and Rome had was very intense. And when he, when he realized that, like, she came there with the feds to basically rat out her brother. And it was, like, basically tra- traitor, you know what I mean? Like, betrayed them. He was so hurt by it. And they were having a conversation. They were going back and forth. They were saying words. And then finally, she, he was like, are you going to shoot me? And she was like, no, never. And she ends up shooting herself because she knows that he really cares about her and he's not going to let her die. So, of course, he's going to be more concerned about saving her than saving them kids and keeping them there. So, anyways, that happens. She goes to the hospital. She makes it through. Christian wants to see her. Julian won't let her see her. Julian goes to see her. Julian goes to see her. Julian is her brother, by the way. They have this whole argument. He was like, you cross the line she was like no you cross the line he was like what are you doing and she was like no what are you doing and then after that he was like you know you're a traitor and she was like kids you cross the line we said we would never do kids we said that we would never do it and he was like it's business she was like they're kids they're literal kids she was going in on her brother and basically that's her last drop daisy's like i'm out i don't want no part of this life no more you're gone you lost control your morals are compromised I don't know what you were thinking, but literally, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with this. Fast forward to the end of the book. Christian finally go. She moves out from her brother's house. She gets an apartment. Christian goes to visit her. Christian confesses his love to her again. She confesses her love to him. You think everything's about to be well? You're wrong. You think they're about to just finally be done and catch her? You're wrong. You think they're... No, you're wrong. She confesses his love, her love to him. He confesses her love to her, his love to her. And then she says, let's run away. Mind you, it's giving full circle because Rome literally did the same thing years ago. And she told him no, but instead it's the flip of this. So she asks Christian, let's run away, let's be done with this life. By the way, Christian also wants to be a normal person so bad. Like that's what they have in common. They both come from like the wrong side of the tracks with the crooked families and they were kind of just born into it and they inherited the way of life but they really don't want the way of life and they really are not about that life and so they kind of want a normal life and so she tells Christian she's like let's run away and then Christian tells her no I can't and then after that she's like well I can't be in love with some she didn't say I can't be in love but she's like I can't be with somebody who's not done with the life like we can't be together you know and then he lets her go and then that's it that's the book in a nutshell girl like I said before I like the story like the story the material itself it has so much potential and that's why I'm invested because I do want to see how it unfolds but a lot of the decisions infuriate me but I think this ended off well what I would love to see oh my gosh because again, I love the fact that we got to see their love from its inception. Like we actually got to witness it. I would love to see a time jump. I highly doubt that she's gonna do a time jump. I would love to see a time jump where the characters are more mature. Something of the sort. Just give me a break. Give them a time jump. Have them come together. And let them people be in love. I'm such a component of letting people be in love. I hate struggle love. I don't like to have so many bells and whistles and hoops to jump through just to how these people love each other um so yeah i was gonna talk about gas worthy moments but honestly i just talked about all of them 
the first gasworthy moment was when um, somebody tried to somebody tried to kill Daisy in the present time, but ended up hitting this girl in a nightclub, and then yeah. And then, what else happened? They just shoot herself in order to distract, to get Taylor and the kids out of there. That was a gas-worthy moment. Somebody tried to poison Daisy way before that. But she caught on super fast. She, like, hid the guy's head to, like, a counter and, like, what I loved about Daisy, though, is that she was such a bad A, like, for sure. Like, she could really fight, and we got to see so many instances where, like, she would literally be, like, beating men, and she would be doing, like, high, intensive moves on men. Like, she really was fighting. Like, this is really an action movie, and I love that for her. I do, I do, I do, I do. There's so many different moments like there was one moment where they were supposed to be in like a museum and they was like trying to do a little heist and steal one of these paintings and something went wrong she had to think fast and she ended up shooting somebody um and then that guy ended up being the people who were connected to traffickers and that's when she found out that her brother broke the first rule and then that kind of started a whole thing where they, like that was a high profile like person that she killed and so because they were going to kill it's whatever it's messy it's a lot going on I don't care needless to say lots of drama lots of action lots of things going on personally I still root for Christian and I still root for Como Se Dice oh I wasn't even done with the okay I'm just I'm only going to talk about Christian I'm literally going to go through. That was just me talking about Daisy, but I literally just told you the whole story. Anyways, Christian, mother, head of a crime syndicate. Her brothers were supposed to take it on, but one of his uncles died. The other one didn't want anything to do with the life. So then the title got passed to Christian's mother. Christian's mother, head of the crime syndicate. She fell in love with Christian's father. They were in love at first. They had three kids. One of Christian's younger siblings a little girl she ended up drowning in a pool that changed the trajectory of his parents marriage from there it was a loveless marriage her her, his dad became like you know just a body not really there present christian plays rugby he likes leon bridges i was so happy when he went to her house um to confess his love to her instead of going home um to sleep with another girl after daisy jumped Oh, so yeah, Daisy got into a fight. Daisy got into a fight with somebody in a club because the guy called her friend like um, a slur, a slur. And so then she was like, you need to apologize. And the guy was like, I can all big and stuff like that. And she was like, no, you need to apologize. Next thing you know, Daisy starts to fight, like literally knocks this guy out in the middle of the club. And then that's when, like, all of her, you know, bodyguards and stuff, they're, like, ready to move in. And then that's when Christian goes and tells her, he's like, why are you fighting people in the middle? Like, either you get me or, like, you get Julian. Like, don't fight people. And she was like, well, you were too busy paying attention to whoever else. You know what I mean? I think this was the point where maybe they were upset with each other. And 
they weren't confessing their feelings and so they were kind of just like floating around in this ambiguity and then you know whatever he was kind of like making her jealous and then she got into the altercation with the guy and then he was like no you need to call me and then that's when he kind of realizes that no he's in love with her and so instead of him instead of after her pushing him away she he just goes home he's like no I'm not gonna go and sleep with this girl I'm gonna go confess my love to Daisy and that's what he does and I love him in my reasons we love him section I said I started to love him when they went on their first date and they did normal people thing I already talked about that he eventually sees Magnolia for who she is I already talked about that but this is a direct quote from the book this is what Christian says he says and actually the more I think about it the more I think about Magnolia these days in a lot of ways I actually think about her a lot less I think that maybe she's just trash <laughs> see this is like twofold because personally I don't like that he called her trash but I do like that he called her out you see how her men are kind of problematic but anyways he continues to say I don't know how I can love her how I have for so long I don't understand how she was all I thought about everywhere I looked she was everything to me for such a long time and now she's just not she's sharing the space with someone else someone better someone I like and I want to be with who I am with that's him realizing that like now the space in his heart is starting to kind of like Daisy is starting to occupy a space in his heart and Daisy is kind of kicking Magnolia out and Magnolia is kind of moving out of his heart and the feelings that he shares with her but I agree when he said he don't know how he could have loved her for so long he doesn't understand how he how she was all that he thought about I'm like saying I literally cannot understand it I don't understand I literally do not understand but yeah um, I hate, this is something that I wrote, I hate the whole, I'm jealous when there are other guys show interest in Daisy, but I don't actually care because I'm in love with someone else thing. That's aggravating. Anyways, that was Christian in a nutshell. Liked him, because I liked him since book one. He did get on my nerves at points, especially when he was too busy worried about Magnolia. But the second that he got himself together, he realized that he liked Daisy. I supported him every single step of the way because he didn't play about his feelings and I respect that. Julian, 29, raised his sister since she was nine. Protective, quintessential protector, mob guy. Has a heart, but it's always being, come on, city say, defiled because of the line of work that he's in. Carmelo, that's Julian's best friend. He does not matter. Romeo that's Carmelo's brother Romeo actually matters Daisy's ex Carmelo's brother Daisy's BJ equivalent she's known him since childhood they fell in love noticed that she was eight caught him cheating then he left after that he's mixed his mother is Eritrean and his father is Sicilian like that um then there's Declan. He's not important. There's the Lost Boys. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I have. So with that being said, I'm literally going to go because I'm tired. And it's time for me to go. So 